singing anymore this is three of us three mates all in different parts of the country all locked down in isolation we have a passion for football but also a passion for music be that soul blues rock and roll country gospel you name it we've got no gigs to go to we've also got no matches to go to so every week we get together and rather than just talk and moan and groan about life in isolation we come we pick a theme and we come armed with a story or a memory or just something to to laugh at and in this particular half we talk about uh, music because the pods are split into two two halves and they're published in two halves this one is about music and uh, we all always bring a track to illustrate the story we're going to tell and in fact at uh, at the end and if you uh, find the podcast uh, online you'll find there should be a link to spotify where there's a three track playlist that goes with this week's uh, topic so we're here to talk about music and uh, well let's get going okay well here we are back again after uh, 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 it's the it's the 10th week if you haven't listened to the first part of the podcast and if you don't if you don't like football you won't have done um in the 10th week uh, just to, to anybody who's just listening to this um we, we, we've had a few eyesight problems, so instead of Zoom, we've just driven the length of the country to meet up. It just seems like the thing to do, basically. But as, as we keep saying, we're not going to be political on this, so we won't be. The theme is, um, is I've started, so I'll finish, the start and the end, whatever. However, we've interpreted that little thing, <coughs> that, that theme, these themes are getting a bit more difficult every every session for us to to find stories around but I think we seem to be able to to get there so I'm going to start by just asking us to um, have a little synopsis of what we're going to talk about to to tempt uh, millions of people in this now platinum award-winning podcast uh, as far as we can work out Tony what's what you got for us right well I'm going to weave into this the four tops Les Dawson, <laughs> Tommy Cooper, Mike Yarwood, and Shawadi Wadi. Wow. That, that, is this to reflect the very eclectic demographic that now listen to this uh, <laughs> podcast? I think we're well covered, aren't we, there? Yeah, yeah. I at least three of those. <laughs> well over 90 and probably not with us anymore. There's a musical connection on three, at least three. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Um, uh, I'm simply going to talk. uh, uh, We've to talk talk about something where there's smoke, but no mirrors. Oh, how intriguing, Charlie. Well, with apologies to William Shakespeare. This about someone who suffered the handbags and glad rags of outrageous fortune. Incredible. Right? I think, uh, gentlemen, if you could tell me when you want your disc or discs in some cases, because I know some of us, because we've had a start and an end, have, have, have done a couple. 
so you tell me when you want me to play a little clip from the um, from the tune that uh, illustrates your story. And of course, just to remind everybody, that tune will be on a little uh, playlist that we put, put when we put the podcast out. That playlist is available. So, jolly. Okay then. Um, a question. Yeah. What was number one in the week that England won the World Cup in 1966? Well, do you just want to play the music? I will. That's what I say. Bring well, back the twist. Well, I, I think I think we're probably the first time on Zoom. Uh, that was uh, one of the best renditions of Wilson, Keppel and Betty I've ever seen. Well done, chaps. <laughs> I'll be sweeping the sand up off my kitchen floor. <laughs> well, that, that was Chris Farrell. Mm-hmm. And the song was Out of Time. And yes, it was number one. When England, the week that England won the World Cup in uh, 1966. Now, wh- why have picked on Chris, if that's the right way of describing it, um, for this, is he's 80 later this year. So looking back to 1966 and now in his 80th year, um, wow, that's 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 some career. Uh, ups and downs along the way, but he's still plugging away. And I saw him, uh, I think it was... Not last year, I missed him, uh, but he, he, he does these uh, an annual Christmas show in Newcastle at the Labour Club. And he's done it for about the last I don't know, seven or eight years, maybe. Uh, and say, right, right now, he's still, in lots of respects, got as good a voice as he had when he was in his 30s, in his 40s, in his 50s. And I, I think that's quite amazing. When that's amazing, Charlie. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. And, and you look at the likes of you know, Paul McCartney and Elton John have given recent rend- song renditions and oof, oof, oof. It's not quite uh, as good. But 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 the thing is that that that's that's his uh forte singing, not composing. He's, he's written songs, but essentially it's it's the delivery. And so I've I've always been a big fan. And at one point, I can't say what my membership number was. Unlike me, sort of, my mother would be able to do the uh, the co-op dividend number. Uh, but I was I was a member of the Chris Farrow Worldwide Appreciation Society. <laughs> Eat your heart out. Wow. That's what I would say. Uh, but he is he's he's a marvelous singer. Uh, it keeps on going, and for how long? Who knows? And you know, time to think. You know, in terms of things that have been happening with. Uh, with the virus and so on, you know, about the vulnerability of people yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, hopefully he's safe and sound and, uh, and keeping that way and, and I'll get to see him at, a, uh, at another show. 
And I saw many times in the 70s, 80s, 90s, always had a great band, uh, the Thunderbirds. Uh, and I recall when I first started to, uh, to go and see him, he had uh, a 16 or 17-year-old called Palmer, oh. you know, who went to, into ALP and yeah. me- mega, mega stardom with, uh, with that band. Albert Lee on guitar for a few years before he went to the States. So Albert Lee with him loads. What a, what a lovely player. And it was always a great show, good patter, humour. He was a character and that, that voice. Uh, and like I say, he's still uh, out and about, less frequently. Course, um, yeah. Visits to Germany, uh, European, Hungary, you know. So he's, he's big big on the continent still in, uh, in, in lots of ways. So he's still making a living out of things. And nowadays he... he performs with a, a company and band called the Norman Beaker Band, who are very, very good. Yeah. Uh, suit him down to the ground. Absolutely perfect. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and he's still got it. He's recorded with Van Morrison, probably in about the last four or five years. He's, he's performed with, uh, with Van Morrison at the Albert Hall. So here we are. There's a man of 78, 79, yeah. who Van Morrison trusts to get on stage with him, and I would say out-sing Van Morrison. Uh, just just a glorious voice. Now, going back to, the, to that beginning bit, uh, with Out of Time, that was written by um, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, and it was on their Stones Aftermath album, and it was presented to him because uh, he joined Immediate Records, Oh, yeah. uh, the, the record label. So Andrew Lloyd, uh, Logue Oldham, Andrew Logue oh, yeah. Oldham, Andrew Logue, oh, yeah. who, who was the Stones manager, manager he said yeah. immediate had like a particular uh, sound to it. The faces, uh, small faces, I should say, P.B. Arnold, a lot of other people. It had a great the vibrant nice. sound to the it. Nice. The nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Right. Right. That's right. First band. Yeah. <clears throat> um, as well as that, that, that song, uh, they, Mick Jagger got involved in the production of an album called The Art of Chris Fowler, which I think is really good, a terrific album, um, still very ris- listenable nowadays. And he went on to record or cover five Jagger Richard songs. Oh, right. So they had a big admiration for him. And I was listening to him the other day, there's, there's a, a CD or an album that's on Spotify called Live at the BBC, Chris Farlow. In the days when the BBC could afford to have orchestras. So, and the, the, the in-between song uh, patter is great, you know, so Brian Matthew, and here we have uh, Chris Farlow, going to do whatever it is, soccer to him, Chris. <laughs> you know, so, so you have these intros to the songs, and it's very much of its time, but the, the musicianship on it and the fact that I said BBC could afford to uh, to employ these orchestras or contract them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, he had that kind of great kick to, to start to a career. Perhaps didn't capitalise on it uh, uh, to, to a big extent, uh, but was always around. And he, it, But he wasn't like a pop star. He was never going to be like a... Uh, a, a clip of, I'll say Cliff Richard just for the sake of Cliff Richard, but one of any, any other name. Uh, 
he wasn't like a handsome man or anything like that. Uh, but, but wow, what what a, a singing talent! Uh, but then he, he went on to record "Handbags and Glad Rags" in 1967, which Mike Darbo uh, wrote. And I was surprised that I'd look back on it. It only got to number 33 in the singles charts, yet it's such a well-known song. Yeah. And lately, um, and by the way, this, the Stereophonics, or the Stereophonics, Stereophonics. Um, that yeah. are being called, uh, recorded an excellent version of 2001. They did? You yeah. know, and, and it's gone. That's, that, that's a long time ago, again, yeah. but it was certified gold. Yeah. And I, I think Chris Farlow's and the stereophonics version, you know, yeah. uh, stands side by side. You know, I, st I still have a, a soft spot for the Chris Farlow one. But maybe it's the greatest accolade, I would say, for Chris was that Otis Redden invited him to uh, appear on a Ready Steady Go live special. Wow. And it's, I've heard him talk about this, and you can tell it's with huge pride that he that he talks about it. Um and he, there is a video of the whole show still on YouTube, well worth seeing it. And the, the other artist, a British guest guest artist on it, was Eric Burton. Um, yeah. it, animals were, were big at the time. So Chris punched his weight, is, yeah. is what I say. Now, he, he had a, a, a career that went on, different bands, and so what he would uh, come around again, and, and then the likes of Van Morrison would want to... Uh, 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 to, to, to perform, record with him, uh, and I think he had some involvement with the with the Jagger and Richards again on the Stones. Uh, but that that kind of thing for me is that like you did that, and that, that's a hell of a record in itself. Mm. Uh, and here we are, approaching eighty, and you can still do it. You can mm. still get out there, uh, and it shows at Christmas time are, are great. He's funny. He's probably a bit, a little bit misogynist at times or whatever, you know. But hey ho, that's that's he's that's, eighty. Yeah, he's eighty. So we'll forgive him. I'll, I'll finish on this this last last like an example of something about you know what he's like in performance. But I saw him in 1975 at Newcastle City Hall. Uh, it was a kind of a comeback and a live album that had come out, and there was like a stellar band that he had that, uh, for this tour. Albert Lee uh, played and Madeleine Bell and amongst a load of marvellous musicians. Uh, City Hall, less than half full. And then for me, and this is where I thought, this is why I love you, Chris. <laughs> it does a version of uh, a song associated with Barry Manilow that Barry Manilow didn't write called Mandy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does it, audience applause. Then he, he looks at the audience and says, did you like that? The audience says, yes. And he says, and it turns around and looks at the band and says, they effing hate it. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And I thought, that, that's, 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 that's why I love Fantastic. That. Fantastic, that, Charlie. Actually, you've also just reminded me in, 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 in what you were saying of, of something a, a good friend of mine says, when, when we're having those, you know, snobbish debates about the quality of music, which we're, we're all old enough to admit that we're all, it's all nonsense <laughs> and it's just what you like. Yeah. But, um, but when he's having these debates about whether, you know, Abba, Abba is really any good, he just says, 
at one end, Keith Richards, at the other end, Cliff Richards. You've, <laughs> you've just got to decide where you sit. <laughs> Marvellous. All right, that's great. I hear he's still going strong, Charlie, as well. Yeah. I, I, I lost, you know, I wouldn't have a clue what, what he's doing now, but... Uh, I love that song that that you you chose, and I remember around the turn of the century we, with friends we had a um, desert island discs pick, so we all picked. I don't know how many songs it was, and explain why. And that was one of in my desert island discs oh, right. for Brilliant. the century. So, yeah. so fondness for the for Chris Farlow. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great that, Charles. Um, Tony, what you got for us? Right, okay, well, look, this is um, a bit of an eclectic mix of people I mentioned there in the preamble of uh, Four Tops, Les Dawson, Tommy Cooper, Mike Yarwood, Shawali Wadi. Not all much music content there from some of them, but uh, and certainly not from Tommy Cooper. But um, I'm, I'm going back and taking back to the venue in Sheffield where I actually saw those people oh. uh, back to back to the 70s well in 1970 to be honest uh, when two brothers from the northeast Charlie right. from, from Stockton who had set up a nightclub called the Fiesta nightclub in Stockton yes the Lipthorpe brothers Keith and Jim Lipthorpe they decided to venture further afield, and in August of 1970, they set up a same name Fiesta nightclub in Sheffield. Don't know whether you went ever went, Jeff, to that. Oh, yeah. I did. More right, of more of that later. Right, okay, because um, those were some of the people I did see there, but the names of some of the people I didn't see there was just mind blowing, really. And why? Why didn't I see them? Edwin Starr, Freddie Starr, <laughs> well-known brothers, aren't they? Those two. Yes. Um, Gladys Knight. The left Knight. hand and the right hand. <laughs> Glenn Campbell, Jimmy Ruffin, Junior Walker. Wow. The Temptations. The Jackson Five. Um, why? Why didn't I go and see that? Roy Orbison. Stevie Wonder, the Beach Boys, the Shadows. What was I doing? Not going to see all, all those? Oh, God knows. But anyway, I didn't, and that's I think, it. I think. I think Tony, though, it was a theatre club. I mean, yeah, you, you went in a suit and you had rubber chicken in a basket. It, 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 no, it was tasty, it? Jeff. Come on, it was tasty. It was chicken. I always had the scampi actually in the basket. But, it, you know, you, it never felt like you were going to a gig. No, it didn't. No, that's, that's, that's the thing. You know, and you were, a, well, my, you know, I remember going on my 18th birthday and I saw mm -hmm. the Dubliners were on. Well, what a night that was. Uh, sold out of yeah. Guinness, Guinness by 8.30. Uh, but it was, <clears throat> but you went in your... Scrubbage, Jeff. They sold, it, they sold half pints in pint plastic pine pot so that they could serve it quicker at the bar if you went so no, I was just saying the the doublers I, I never forget the classic line you're the best Friday night audience we've had all week 
<laughs> carry on. Yeah. Um, they had, do you remember they had phones on tables so you could ring somebody else this table on your phone? <laughs> How bizarre is that? This is, this is not, not the best of places to listen to music, but, you know, some of those names, you could listen to them anywhere, wouldn't you, really? Sorry, I was just thinking there when you're saying phones on, on tables, like nowadays it would be, this conversation may be recorded for training purposes. <laughs> It, it only lasted it's 1,300 players, so it's quite big, actually, really. It's, it's, um, um, but, but my first and last gigs there, the first was this fantastic group of singers of, uh, and spin the record, Jeff. Good job, it's not visual, isn't it, really? <laughs> They're having a party in uh, in Tyneside. <laughs> they were amazing. I've just put my hip out of joint. The thing about it was the movement. Not You know, music was... I loved the music, and, and it was a foretaste, wasn't it, of, uh, of a lot of soul to come, really. And um, Some even say that Northern Soul was based on some of that music, but... Um, the movement, the synchronization of their of their movement was just to, something to behold, really. And, and you're so close to the stage, with it being like an amphitheater yeah. and and tiered, you you felt you really felt as though you were in amongst them. So much so, actually, that just um, when I went to see Mike Yarwood, I was on the front row when I saw Mike. I thought, God, don't don't pick on me, <laughs> please don't pick on me, you know, because he was picking on people and. Gold. Um, but anyway, um, some fantastic nights at, uh, at the Fiesta nightclub. And the last group that I saw, I'm not quite sure where I went really. I, I, I wasn't a fan or, or interested particularly, but it was, uh, it was Shawadi Wadi. And to be fair to them, they did, they did put on a a good show, do you know? It was it yeah. was all round entertainment, not 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 really just musical, but yeah. but um, but but that was that was the last gig that I remember going to there. It's only open for ten years, um, and and they managed to pack up all those people in 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 that in that time. Um, Les Dawson, yeah. Yeah, he was he was a clever musician, was Les Dawson, wasn't he? As well, a, a, a funny man. I, I, I really enjoyed Les Dawson. Uh, I know I'm straying away from from pure musical content here, but um, stick, he sticks in the mind, and it takes skill to play the piano as badly as he did. <laughs> um, well, it, was a, it was a sort of it was the Victor Borgia model, wasn't it? Which is yes, you've got yes. to be able to play it to play it badly. Yeah. yeah, deliberately play it badly. Deliberately badly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just thought I'd take you back to a different. Mm. Oh, it seems like a different lifetime, doesn't it? Really, yeah. that, um, that type of entertainment. 
yeah, it was. I mean, the theatre clubs they were there to soak up that entertainment, and it, it was if there were big acts, that's where he ended up, you know, because they yeah. do a residency basically, wouldn't they? They do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, I saw Tommy Cooper there. Saw, uh, yeah. I saw. I said, I saw the Dubliners. They were just fantastic. I mean, the play. Got a date on that, Jeff. Twenty four. I don't know if they've been there more than once, but yeah, go on. Twenty fourth of March, nineteen seventy three. Would that be about right? Be about right. Yeah, I think. I think it. I was, suspect they were there more than once. Yeah, I think it was a July because it was it was my birthday. But seventy three uh, would have been. Yeah. Right, because uh, I was eighteen. So. Yeah. 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 So. Mm. In fact, is, is that it, Tony? Is that you done or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, shall we? I'll scoot straight on to, onto mine. Now, I know you, some people might have said I've dropped into narcissism a few times on this podcast, which uh, which I I sort of refute. No, I don't refute. I have done quite a few times, <laughs> uh, and I'll try and I'll try and be I'll try and be a less narcissistic on this one, as I explain why me. And Bruce Springsteen are sort of one oh, well, the same thing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'll play. I just want to play this track. I've got. I've got. I've got to just play a snip from 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 this. Sorry for the long build-up there, but I just thought I'd get it to the the punchline. Um, I don't know if you remember Tunnel of Love. It, it was an album he had uh, had out, and he yeah. he toured the UK and he played at Bramall Lane in 1988. Um, all I got at the time was Born to Run. Uh, Sam was two years old, 18 months, and we decided to go. And even as we were walking down to the ground, I was saying to Julie, "Why are we going to see Bruce Springsteen? I'm not really that." <laughs> Bothered about him, you know, he's all right, he's good. Anyway, needless to say, it was absolutely fabulous as a show, it was just incredible. But I really liked that track. And uh, at the time, I was playing in a covers band called Rhythm Method, I think I've mentioned that before. And we had a private party, which was at the Sheffield University room there. And I really liked that track, and I said, Let's learn it, which we sort of did. Um, and I decided to open with it, to start with it. But it was, that's always dangerous, starting with something you've never played live before. You know, it's, it's not a wise thing to do. Because it was quite a, quite a big party, we thought we'd put on a bit of a show. We hired a smoke machine. 
and uh, if you don't if you don't know how smoke machines work basically very concentrated you, you you press it for a few seconds and a little puff of smoke about the size of a tennis ball emits from it which then dissipates i think the word is into a sort of cloud and steam and you get this right. lovely sort of sense of a mist on there yeah, well, we had this this friend of ours called John Fargo. We laughingly called our manager only only as a joke because uh, we we offered to pay him what seventy percent of our fees because on the basis that we we never earned a penny. It, 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 it <laughs> and we got this thing set up. And we said, John, can you do the, the smoke machine? And unfortunately, we had to explain exactly how it worked. So instead of pressing it for a few few seconds tennis ball full of smoke. He did that and thought, well, that's not enough, is it? That's not going to do anything. <laughs> he kept his finger on till we sort of had a basketball full instead of the tennis ball full. And then this thing dissipated. Absolutely fantastic. Totally engulfed the stage in fog. That's all you can say. Couldn't see the audience. Couldn't possibly see the audience. In fact, the fact that I was playing, and, and, and amateur guitarists will know this, that you're playing something you've never played very often. You, you sort of need to just keep your eye on the left hand up the neck of the guitar. You're just watching that you're hitting the right chords because, you know, it's probably got something in it. It's just a natural thing to do. I swear to God, my left hand and the neck of the guitar where I was holding that chord down was <laughs> invisible. Was invisible. <laughs> It was in the it was in the fog. Oh dear. And at some point eventually a, a, a guy I know, in fact I think we mentioned him in the pod, he wandered up wading through the through the fog on the on the stage. Bit like a bit like Sherlock Holmes hunting for the basketballs oh, on the mist. <laughs> so so that was that was my start and it was um, it was a start that, I think Bruce did it slightly more classier when, <laughs> when he did it. You know. <laughs> actually, I'm not actually. I think if he'd have kept his finger on that smoke machine it, any longer, it probably would have filled Bramalane. Wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> that was my that was that was my start. And now now um, for my end, uh, um, I want, I'll, I'll just I'm going to play you the start and the finish of this track. Now, but you probably don't know what this is. So it and so it goes and so it goes on and on and I'll get to the on and on. But you probably don't know who that is, Charlie. Any guesses? No, no, no. no. It's uh, it's Stackridge. Stackridge. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, in the early seventies, I used to driven by my brother, uh, who used to go down to the Black Swan, as we've said, and uh, he said, "Is this band called Stackridge? They are completely different." He said, "But they're such great fun." And uh, and eventually I went I went I went to see them in this back room that with the 
the stage where Joe Cocker had performed, etc., etc. It really interest, interesting band, not to everybody's taste. Um, interesting, they were the first band ever to play a Glastonbury. The first Glastonbury, the first. Well, it's fair to say they were quirky. They were quirky, but they, but they were very good. I mean, musically they were they were they were talented, and they wrote some good but really bizarre tunes. But they were always always tuneful, you know. They weren't, they weren't but they were, they were great. And they got drums, bass, two guitars, keyboards, I think, a flute player, and ah. a vi- and a violin player. And then she heard the violin player, and they used to finish with that track, uh, which. Uh, which is called Let There Be Lids. Let There Let Be there Lids. Be. <laughs> I'll explain. You'll explain that in a minute. So basically, it, you probably got it. That, that was basically the Orange Blossom special, which is a, an old, uh, yeah. you know, it's or called Blue Bluegrass, yeah. Bluegrass song. Uh, and it called Michael, oh, blind, I can't remember the surname of the violin player, Michael, so and so. They hailed from Somerset, Bath, Bristol, Bathway. And uh, uh, and and they used to and they used to introduce it as something to my best Somerset accent. So I went, um, you know, uh, we're going to thrash thrash around while <laughs> well, Michael attempts to saw his violin in half. <laughs> and this this orange version of all the orange blossom special letter bit just got more and more frantic, and it just went on and on, and. As it built up to the climax, one or two members of, 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 of the band would take the stage with with a pair of metal dustbin lids that they <laughs> that they'd stolen from some behind some local near the venue, and basically use them as huge noisy cymbals as they smashed the way along. I mean, this is not this is not subtle, uh, and. Uh, uh, and that was it. Just, 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 just build it to a climax. But I thought, given given one or two of your earlier renditions, where you've brought something to a close on our particular uh, podcast, I thought you might like to hear that the end the end of this because it, it, there's, there's a similarity to some of the things that uh, something that you do, Charlie. Let me see if I can. I mean, to be fair to them, they had a they had a they had a very good pe- pedigree. They had an album called Oh gosh, Friendliness. No, not Friendliness. The one after that, Man in the Bowler Hat, which George Martin uh, produced. All right, right. And uh, and the, and the you know the musicians played with all sorts of people. Uh, I think uh, Andy Davis was the guitar, keyboard player, and all the rest of it, uh, piano player, and he played. Played on Imagine with John Lennon, so you know they got they got some. Oh well, about right, right. But very much, 
very much a live act, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and very much working. But great fun, musically talented. But hey, those dustbin lids. <laughs> Fantastic. In fact, I read something where one of them said, you know, people would have got up the next morning and come into work or whatever, wondered why they, they, were, they were four mangled dustbin lids. <laughs> yeah. And of course, have you been dustbin lids again? Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose these days, you know, wheelie bins, is it progress? I'm not sure it is. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. It's it's funny thinking about you know those those venues and you know when Tony was talking about uh, uh, the Fiesta. Um, well, I mean, largely all of that's gone. I mean, I, I know when Tony was talking, it, you know, in terms of uh, like that nightclubby yeah kind of feel of things, um, and then places like like the Boardwalk. And here, when I, I used to go, I didn't go that often to the to the go go because it was not that far away from closing. But uh, the clubs that I would go to, um, the, it was it was just that um, it's not coming of age or anything like that. But it was just when you're younger and then you're exposed to this, yeah, and then it then kind of grips you. Yeah, I agree. You want more, and you 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 want to uh, enjoy more live music, uh, and still, to me now, uh, despite you know the way things are at the moment, live performance. I just hope it, you know, recovers sufficiently. Yeah. But coming out of this, that the venues aren't stifled, as well as mus musicians getting their uh, their you know just desserts and yeah. Exposure. Just, just hope that comes along. But that, that, I think that was like a particular time. Yeah. You know when when Memmi's music was going to change, but it was it was it was fresh. It was yeah. different. I, I think so. I often wonder. You know, I mean, I I, I loved going to that venue, and and I loved watching. Yeah. I mean, I, if they came, me and my mates, you couldn't miss it. But I wonder, and, and that's because they were different and, and, and energetic and everything else. But part of it was that we were just, maybe we'd saw them at the right time as well. We were 17, 16, 17 yeah. in a venue that, that, that felt like, wow, what is this place? It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, mean, I remember Terry Steeples uh, who ran the place. And, you know, the, the curtains closed on, on Staturidge and he said, there is sweat literally dripping down the walls of this place now. <laughs> and you just think, yeah, that's how it, it's exactly how it should be, you know? Uh, so, yeah. Your point about live music and and, uh, and venues being able to get their act in, in order, perhaps I'll leave, we'll leave this pod on a bit of a poignant note because when I switched on my laptop this morning, a reminder binged up to tell me that Chuck Prophet was playing tonight in Leeds. Yes, yes, yes. Sadly not. But uh, yeah. anyway, there's a date in the book for January. Let's hope, uh, yeah. let's hope we can do it when we get there. Yeah, hopefully that comes off as well. You know, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, we'll call it a day. Right. All right, and we'll be back next week to do another one. Red rain. It turns to blue.